0: A quote from American author John Steinbeck reads, The theater is the only institution in the world which has been dying for 4,000 years and has never succumbed. With the global pandemic, theaters across the country have closed their doors and moved into virtual spaces, which begs the question, is virtual theater still considered theater? To discuss this, my guest, an ASU theater major, has shared stories over the last year about canceling shows, virtual shows, and a new show this semester, Editron.
1: Hello, everybody. My name is Anne or Annie. I am a theater major at Arizona State University with a concentration in acting.
0: Annie, thank you so much for being here. What we brought you here today is to talk about the question of is virtual theater still considered theater? First off, you mentioned before we started that you were in a production before COVID and that had to get canceled. Can you tell me about the experience? Was it a one day issue? Was it over the course of weeks of discussion.
1: Oh, it was a stressful time. We started the audition process just about a year ago from right now. That was when things were just starting to build up. There were starting to become cases in the US. Everyone was just kind of like everything's going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine. We just got to be safe. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. And of course we weren't. So Uh, Everything kind of imploded during the spring break time in March. And so during that time, we had gotten an email from the director and the producers about how rehearsals were postponed until further notice. It sucked. And so we were all like in a group chat together, just like, okay, we're going to be holding off for like a couple weeks. There's talks about like postponing the show days, pushing it back. And then after a while, it was talking about doing the production in the fall, which for Adam's family, it would work out really well because Halloween themes. So everybody was really excited about that. And then, of course, it didn't happen. We've gone on to online-only classes and everything like that. The location that this production was supposed to be in doesn't have as strict guidelines for like quarantine dealing. But it would still be a really complicated thing to maneuver around, and it is a complicated thing to maneuver around.
0: Yeah, I think what was difficult about that time, especially in February, March of 2020, you kind of saw it trickle in before just this massive wall that we all hit we would see some students in our classes wearing some mask and saying, Mm -hmm. oh, it's not that serious. You don't really need to wear those. And now we have millions and millions of cases. It really just went out of hand. And that spring break when everyone was out traveling, it just all had to go virtual. Otherwise we would've been in a way worse spot. What was it like then having to have all that work put into a production and just seeing it not come to fruition?
1: It is incredibly heartbreaking. Like there was another situation where I wasn't able to finish a final performance of another show. And that was absolutely devastating for me, but what happened with the show being canceled and the set was being built and everything like that for all that, to just like not happen for all of it, just to stop. And there isn't a final result. It was really difficult. I know we had a very similar experience here with The Crucible. Rachel Boditch. she put like her heart and soul into that production as well. And so I know everybody involved there had been working hard as well as everyone involved with Adam's family. It's just absolutely heartbreaking to put so much effort and work into something, into art, and no one gets to see it.
0: Oh, yeah. As performers, as creators, designers, there's this massive group of people that put in so much time and effort. I remember even in the fall, I believe it wasn't until October or November that the Crucible set finally came down and I got to walk past it a few times. It's really is a shame because you see how much thought when it's just the set alone and you imagine that for the full scale of the production, it's devastating. You were in a show in the fall called Head of Gobbler. What can you tell me about adapting to this almost new world that we live in now?
1: It was an incredible experience, for sure. It was unlike anything I'd ever done or unlike anything almost anyone has ever done. That's one thing that I think is kind of exciting to see all the new developments and techniques coming out from us adapting to this new kind of environment that we have to live through. It was really absolutely difficult at first, trying to find a space in your own home to be physically active in. There's like having to consider the camera and how you interact with it, knowing the boundaries of where the frame's edge is so you don't overstep it, especially for certain blocking. And the whole thing, like the first half of rehearsals was just us kind of more analyzing character and analyzing interactions that are possible through this medium. And then once we were all able to move into our performance space, which everybody had two microphones, one microphone was in their ear. It was like a Bluetooth earpiece that connected to a Discord server where we could hear everybody else uh, in their respective rooms. And we could communicate to each other that way, as well as like the traditional like stage mics, like the very tiny ones that you put on your face with the stage tape and everything. And that goes up to the tech booth. They check levels and everything like that. And they incorporated it into the final footage that is streamed to the audience. That was a really good way to adapt to The issue of communication with all of us being in individual rooms, Uh, everyone brought their own laptop, which we could watch the live feed from. So we could kind of use that as a reference point to see if there was anything wrong, which was actually very beneficial as well. Another thing that is basically an inevitability with how experimental this kind of theater is is we had to be able to communicate to the tech booth if there is some kind of technological issue. Like for some reason our Bluetooth earpiece stopped working so we couldn't hear anybody else or anything like that. Anything that was a problem, uh, we had a signal that we sent to the camera in our room and whoever was watching like the feeds of everybody, somebody was like in like a very kind of like mission impossible setting with all the cameras and they have like they see each of us in our rooms and it's all set up and so if they see someone flashing that symbol they know that there's a problem and we need to fix it right away and so there was somebody in the hallways in between all of our rooms that would run around and help us with mics anything like that but having all those security features in place I think really helped make a difference in making this show successful. It was inevitable that we were going to have technical difficulties. In this medium, you have to be prepared for when things don't work. But we were so prepared to handle those issues that it didn't really even negate from the show very much, from the final production that people got to watch from all over the world.
0: Yeah, and I think that is a very interesting like pros and cons situation that we have in a virtual theater as a medium you can't really communicate as clearly and effectively and directly as you can in a normal setting from what you tell me it seems like that didn't really go away it was just more refocused on the situation we're in one thing that was interesting to me that i heard about the show was that you guys actually incorporated these transitions between scenes using these picture frames. So If you were watching the show you would see someone in their own room but then uh, you would scroll past this virtual wall to see another actor in another picture frame what do you think about incorporating that in a virtual setting and do you think that might be something that exists in theater even
1: after the pandemic is over absolutely it would probably exist what was very cool about having this production all done online is it became a very new very unique presentation of a theater production so it was really cool to see the way our director would always describe it to the people at the beginning of each show is like magic is what she would call it but instead what it really was was a whole bunch of really heckin talented people working I don't even know how long like how much time they invested into making Hedda Gobbler as complex as it is in a digital medium. Like we had the green screens, there was fading in, fading out, placements of cameras, everything like that. And so some of those picture frames we had to work with trying to make it look like we were in the same room next to each other, even though even though we were on opposite sides of the building. And so that required like fine tuning to like, okay, so if I'm going to be right here for this scene and I'm talking to Hedda Gobbler, she's like, we referenced like the screen and how it looks to the live feed. And we just would put a sticky notes on the wall to be like, this is roughly where her face is. (laughs) And it was really cool to see all of that hard work and this experimenting pull off in a really incredible way. There was editing that no one would have thought of in a traditional theater format. Like there was a a scene where uh, some of the characters got drunk. Their cameras were getting all whooshy and distorted and twisting around and getting bigger and smaller. They layered some of those people's videos with others. When one character, he leans his head over, and he ends up showing his head in the other person's picture frame. but he is massive compared to her. Like if anybody saw the show, like his face is like the size of her body. and it really gave a, an incredible impression, which would not have worked on the stage. And so I definitely think some of these ideas, these discoveries that we made can absolutely be incorporated into future stage performance shows, as well as taking off as its own form of theater.
0: Yeah, I think that, especially with arts and performing arts, experimenting and adapting to your situation leads to some incredible discoveries that I don't think would have been utilized otherwise. Oh, yeah, Um, like,
1: I mean, William Shakespeare, like, there was a huge plague through all of Europe during William Shakespeare's time. And there were multiple encounters where the theater was closed. And so they had to work around that. I think a really good way to describe it is every obstacle is an opportunity. All the obstacles that we faced for doing a digital format theater production turned into a lot of opportunities of discovery and creativity that we would not have found if we hadn't had to do this.
0: That's incredible. And I love what you said there. Every obstacle is actually an opportunity that is a wonderful outlook to have. And like you said, you're also reaching a broader audience. Theater is very much about being in the same room and you are now able to reach people in different states, maybe even different countries, and allow them to see this production that otherwise would have been only seen by whoever can make it to the building on time. This semester in spring of 2021, almost a year since we've first experienced COVID, you are now in a show called Hedatron. Tell me what you think your experience in a virtual production will now help you with this virtual production
1: right now we are about halfway through like the rehearsal period uh we've got about a month until uh show day it's absolutely stressful more stressful than in stage productions i will absolutely say that and i think a part of it is just because everyone is so inexperienced and there's not like we don't have a very clear format of what is the best way to go through with virtual productions. So it's a little kind of like flying by the seat of your pants. So it requires a lot of flexibility. There's been a couple issues with Wi Fi issues with certain actors, as well as like just finding out how we can do these kind of productions, because Hedatron is a completely different play from Hedda Gobbler. It's Not set 100 years from now, it's set in like, I think it's the 90s, if not modern time. And there's robots, we've got to be in a jungle. So it's a completely different beast that we have to relearn almost. And all of them are communicating with each other. Everyone's sharing pointers and like, this is what we did for Hedda Gobbler. This is what we did for this other production that we did. So it it requires a lot of patience and flexibility with and Wi-Fi issues because everybody's from their own location. So not everybody has the same Wi-Fi. That will be a different story once we move into the building. We're done with all the blocking for the most part, and we're starting to do reviewing, uh, finalizing what the ideas are that we want. And then once we get into the space, that's when everything's really going to kind of knit together. It's scary. I remember for Head of Gobbler I felt like the last month of rehearsal was just all one big tech week. It took a lot of time to get all the technical difficulties like fine-tuned and taken care of. It turned out really well. It worked out great in the long run, so I will totally do it again if it helps with the overall production of the show.
0: Yeah, and I'm really excited to see the show, but I want to circle back to the question that started us all off why we're talking about your experience in a physical theater, in a virtual theater, it just boils down to is virtual theater still theater? Is it a subgenre? Is it an entirely different beast? What would you classify virtual theater as?
1: Well, I think a part of that is we need to define what is theater. Theater is we have a play, right? Or a script that is rehearsed by a group of actors, and performed live in front of an audience. I 100% think that this form of theater that we're doing right now is theater. You can call it a subgenre if you want, because it is different. But it is actors live in front of you performing a rehearsed piece. Like you were talking about. It's a form of theater that I think can reach out to more people. It's very similar to like Disney Plus releasing a recorded version of Hamilton. It's recorded, but it's still a live performance. It's still theater that everybody has access to watching compared to like having to go to a Broadway production that costs a couple hundred dollars that someone might not have, or it's too far out of the way for them to travel to. I feel like this could very easily be the new theater for the masses. Uh, We talk about that a lot in our classes and talking about theater is Shakespeare was a, a form of theater that was for the masses and really encouraged that. I feel like this is the digital theater for the masses that everyone can have access to. Everyone can watch. It's accessible in a digital age.
0: That is a really good point to make. The idea of us entering this new era where virtual theater somehow isn't theater, it's the same thing that people experience when theater evolved into a proscenium stage, into that picture frame stage that we all see it in today. is constantly changing, constantly evolving with society, with the era that we're living in. I think that's one of the main appeals of theater. You can do plays ages and ages and ages old but they still are able to be done in a present setting and even adapted upon and evolved to match how we present theater in the modern day this is, um, I,
1: this is something that really excites me i love seeing all the discoveries that people are making all across the world i talk with people who have done like short film productions and stuff like that in new adaptive ways because we have to and it's almost kind of like we're being picked up by the universe and thrown into the pool of creativity through this pandemic in order to discover new things that we wouldn't have if we weren't forced to so i definitely want to see this as a positive thing that can lead to more positive things positive discoveries reaching out to people who have never experienced theater before experienced the art and beauty of theater, because nothing is more accessible nowadays than digital shows. You can get it on your phone. It's super easy, so why can't we make theater that accessible as well?
0: Well, thank you so much for everything we discussed, Miss Ethington. Congratulations for all the success you found before the pandemic and during the pandemic. Best of luck to you, the cast and crew of Hedatron.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: My thanks again to Anne Ethington. Be sure to catch the Virtual Play Heditron this March by going to the Herberger Institute box office website. For the State Press, I'm Peter Vazou.